The sermon preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, a member of the Wells, on November 3, 2013, based on Jeremiah 31, verses 31 through 34. Please stand. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God, through which the Holy Spirit strengthens our faith in Jesus, is the first lesson, Jeremiah 31, verses 31 through 34. The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their forefathers when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they broke my covenant. Though I was like a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will a man teach his neighbor or a man his brother saying, Know the Lord, because they will all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints, washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. The 2014 Chevy and Dodge Trucks are hitting the showroom floor along with Toyotas, Jeeps, and many other makes and models. Apple, Samsung, Sony, and other companies are touting their new phones, TVs, tablets, and other devices. Last month's is outdated. Here is the new and improved. And we're rightly skeptical of a lot of these claims and pitches. Do I really need the new? Why waste money when the old still works fine? So often the changes are small and incremental. So, what about this new covenant that Jeremiah writes about? Do we really need it? What's the big difference? And maybe that's where we can start. How is the new unlike the old. Jeremiah writes, The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their forefathers when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. The Old Covenant takes us back to Mount Sinai. With a mighty hand, the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. And there at Mount Sinai, he not only gave them the Ten Commandments, but he also made a mutual agreement, a contract with the Israelites, the Old Covenant. They would be his people, and he would give them the promised land if, and mark that word well, if they obeyed his commands. 
And don't think the Lord's being too demanding or unreasonable here. He had already shown them such goodness and kindness, rescuing them, protecting them, and he wanted to continue to bless them. So great was his grace and mercy. In return, they were to honor him as their God, holding his word and command in highest regard. How they failed. Within 40 days, they had built the golden calf. The Old Testament records how generation after generation of Israel turned away from the Lord, breaking his covenant again and again. Yes, there were some who were faithful, but even they had times where they failed. And we shouldn't think that we would have been any different. And yet, despite their failures, the Lord was patient and kind. He kept on calling them back, showing them the errors of their ways. He was like a husband to them, loving them, caring for them, even though they were an adulterous wife running after other gods. But because of their failure, the old covenant could not save them. They needed something new. What about you and me, 21st century Americans? Well, the first thing we need to see here is that the old covenant itself that God made at Mount Sinai was with the Israelites, not with our ancestors unless you're Jewish. So we don't have an old covenant to turn back to. Without the new covenant, we are left with only God's holy, uncompromising, immutable, moral law. Any violation of that law brings the death sentence of an unending hell. And unlike with the old covenant in Mount Sinai where there was a system of sacrifices, there is no sacrifice from our hands that can turn the law's punishment away from us. We can't plead ignorance either because this moral law is written on the hearts of all people. Our conscience bears witness to it. We have failed to do the good God commands. We have done the evil he has forbidden we are left without excuse. Every violation rightly earns us that death penalty. The law strips away and peels back the layers of our actions, exposing our thoughts, attitudes, emotions, and motives. It judges our hearts and minds, cutting to the very bone. The law declares, if you have not loved your neighbor as yourself, death. If you have not shown kindness or helped in need or spoken well of others, death. If you have ever coveted, lusted, or wished for revenge, death. If you have not honored parents and others in authority properly, death. If you have not placed the Lord's words and commands above all others, death. If you do not esteem the Lord your God as more precious than anyone or anything else, death. If you do not trust the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, looking to him as your only hope and your most precious treasure, your only source of happiness, death. And need I go on? How damned we are under the law. Are you ready for something new? And how different, how unlike the old, the new is. Listen to 
to what the new covenant declares. I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Did you hear any ifs there, like we heard again and again under the law? Did you hear any buts, like, I will forgive you, but you better shape up? Did you hear any ands, like, I will forgive you, and you better meet these conditions? No, not at all. No ifs, ands, or buts. How unlike the old, the new is. No conditions, not one at all. How totally unlike the old. The new covenant is not some sort of small incremental change where God modifies the conditions of the old or eases up on them or gives us some sort of alternatives. The new is totally new. It's revolutionary. No ifs, ands, or buts at all. No conditions. I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Is there any better news than that? Sounds too good to be true. But don't doubt it. For you have the Lord's word on it. And that brings us to the second part here today. Now how do you have the Lord's word on it? Well, first of all, look back at the text here. How many times do you see the words, declares the Lord? I counted four times in four verses here. Those words ring out like a refrain. It, 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 in the Hebrew, it's Naum Adonai. It rings out as a refrain to bring it home deep into our hearts. Naum Adonai, Naum Adonai, Naum Adonai, declares the Lord. This is his solemn solid, firm, unchanging declaration from the Lord God himself, the Lord who is the unchanging I am. He declares, I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. That's his declaration. No ifs, ands, or buts about it, so don't doubt it. You have the Lord's word on it. In addition, secondly, Look to Jesus Christ to know that you have the Lord's word on it. Remember what the uh, disciple John called Jesus at the beginning of the gospel? Jesus is the word who came from the Father. For you see, Jesus' blood put the new covenant into effect. The old covenant was sealed by the blood of animals. How much greater the new covenant sealed by the blood of God's own dear Son. Think of that. When you come to the Lord's table and hear him say to you, take and drink. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. You have his word on it. And what's more, God raised Jesus from the dead as the final word and everlasting amen. Yes, the new covenant is sure and certain. Jesus' resurrection is God's signature. I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. You have the Lord's word on it. And we have the Lord's word on it in, in, in ways that 
the Old Testament believers weren't blessed with. And that's brought out in a picture in our text here, a picture using Old Testament terms so that it may be misunderstood unless we put ourselves back into the minds of of the hearers back in Israel. For through this picture, Jeremiah brings home, the Lord brings home to us that unlike the believers in the Old Testament time that had to wait for a prophet to come in order to know what the word of the Lord is, we already have that word of the Lord. And we don't have to wonder whether the new covenant is really for us or just for some people, like the old covenant was only for Israel. Here, listen to the picture. Jeremiah writes, No longer will a man teach his neighbor or a man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. The new covenant is for all, from least to greatest. And that includes you, dear friend. That includes you. So don't doubt it. And you, you personally have God's written testimony, his complete and full revelation written down for you so that you can be sure of it. You don't have to wait for some prophet or pastor or church or anyone else to tell you what the truth is. You already have it written down. That's what the Bible is. This is God's written word, the record of his revelation that is full and complete for you and me to know and believe. We have the Lord's word on it. We have it in writing. And so when Jeremiah talks about how people will know the Lord, don't think that that's, they'll automatically, mysteriously know him. The New Testament and Jesus himself makes it clear they know the Lord as, as his word is spread and shared. But it's the word that brings us to know the Lord. Not the authority of the person who is speaking it, but the authority of the word itself. Even when it's someone else who is sharing that word, we know the Lord not because of them, but because of the word. The Bible is that authority that brings us to believe and know this wonderful message. You have the Lord's word on it. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And this is one of those great truths of the, uh, that, uh, that, that was brought again to light during the time of the Reformation. Martin Luther staked his life on this truth. Rather than depending on the authority of popes or church councils, we are to depend on the authority of God's word alone. And so in 1521, when the Holy Roman Emperor Charles ordered Luther to recant or face death, Luther refused to take back God's truth that he had written because he said his conscience was held captive by the word of God. And that is too how you and I know the Lord. Yes, the Lord may send us pastors and Christian friends to guide us in that word, but in the end, it's the word that brings you and me to know the Lord and to be sure and certain of his promise. So read this word. Take it to heart. Live it. For you see, through this word, the Holy Spirit writes the new covenant onto our hearts. 
Yes, it's through the word that God brings his truth into our minds and hearts. You can look at the Bible as the pen and your heart as the paper. Through the word and the scriptures and the sacraments, the Holy Spirit uses them as a pen, as his means, his tools to write God's new covenant onto our hearts. That's why you and I believe, not because of some choice or decision we've made, but because the Holy Spirit has written that new covenant onto your hearts. This too is why we need not doubt. You have the Lord's word on it, his word written in the scriptures and from the scriptures onto your heart. What a wonderful message. Do not doubt, but believe. You are forgiven. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. No conditions at all. Even faith is not a condition, but a response. Watch out for the kind of thinking that says, all you got to do now is believe, and then God will forgive you. Whether they mean to or not, they've undermined and destroyed the new covenant by adding a condition to it. And that turns it into something like the old covenant. And it mutilates faith into some sort of work or action we have to do on our part to make ourselves ready for God's forgiveness. Rather, God's unconditional promise of forgiveness transforms our hearts so that we believe this good news. That's the power of the new covenant, the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the gospel. I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Unconditional. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Now, don't interpret that as some sort of universalism that everyone will be saved now. No, unbelief still brings death and damnation because the unbeliever is still under the law. And who can meet those conditions? The believer is saved. Not because faith meets some sort of condition that makes ourselves ready for God's forgiveness. No, the believer is saved because the new covenant brings that free, unconditional forgiveness that is only through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And that is the heart and core of what the Bible teaches That is the message of the Reformation that was brought back into the light in the early 1500s. We are saved. Not because of our works. Not even that action of believing. Rather, we are saved because of God's free, gracious forgiveness in the blood of Christ alone. That's the message the Holy Spirit uses. That's the message he writes on our hearts and transforms us. He makes our hearts new. Not only so that we believe, but also so that we have a new attitude, a new self, a new mind. And this new self wants to do the will of our Lord, our dear bridegroom, who poured out his blood for us, our dear bridegroom who washes us clean, forgiving our sins and remembering them no more. 
No wonder the Lord calls this the new covenant. Not only is it totally different from the old with no conditions at all, it also makes us new from the inside out. There may, be, there may not be many new things you'll need in 2014, but we certainly need this new covenant. And even though it goes all the way back to Adam and Eve and the Lord's first promise of the Savior, it is new every day. And we need it every day. What a wonderful, unconditional promise the Lord has made. Your sins are forgiven. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.